Welcome to the Dream Centre Manchester, where we trust the ministry of Pastor Tony Higginson and the team will challenge and inspire you to become the move and be the demonstration. We warmly invite you each Sunday morning to join us for our family service, but for more information or to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at thedreamcentre.co.uk. I want to talk to us this morning about the goal of motherhood. The goal of motherhood. I'm not, I'm not deviating away from our, from our series, but I do want to talk about this today. And Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. You know, I remember a couple of summers ago, Phil remember this, Phil and I were playing golf. And after we'd finished playing golf on a Saturday night, we go to the 19th hole. And those who don't know what the 19th hole is, learn about golf, you'll realize it's a place you can get refreshments. And uh, after we, we go to the 19th hole, it was on the eve of uh, Mother's Day. Or Father's Day, I think it was. Father's Day. And we said to the fellow, it was a Carvery pub. And we said to him, I bet you're booked up tomorrow, aren't you? He said, you know what? We haven't got any bookings for Father's Day. He said, nobody's interested in Father's Day. Phil and I looked at each other and went, wow. He said, but Mother's Day, it's rammed. And that really stayed with me, the fact that there is no desire for Father's Day, but for Mother's Day, the pubs or the restaurants are all full because mum is valued. We have a nation full of absent fathers. But we, we're still, mum's still at the helm. She's, she's still rocking the cradle. She's still carrying the, uh, the scepter for the family. She's doing what she can under the circumstances. And sometimes she's created the circumstances. Another time she hasn't created the circumstances. When I say she, I mean her and a partner. Or a, a lover or a husband or whatever they call themselves. All manner of circumstances are being created in the home today and in our society. But mothers, you're quite spectacular. Mothers, you are. You're something different. You are a rare breed. You're, and I'm talking to potential mothers as well. And that's why I wanted the young people in here this morning. Because I want to address some things that they're going to have to come into very shortly. But also I want to talk about motherhood because there's mothers in here. Amen. You know, us in Britain, we have gone through different movements and different shifts. We've seen our society change, have we not? Mothering today is different than it, uh, mothering is very different today than it was when I was a kid. All mothers would stand on the doorstep. They'd all talk. In fact, mothers would be cleaning the step. They'd be browning the step. Stoning the step, as to call it. Stoning the step. You could go to, and everyone was your auntie. Everyone was your auntie. And you could, borrow, you could borrow a bag of sugar from anyone. And you could go in anyone's house. If you came home from school and your mum wasn't there, you'd be in somebody else's house and you'd be safe. You'd be eating their food, their sugar butties. Who remember sugar butties? Dear me, what a demonic, what a demonic generation. Sugar butties, sauce butties, brown sauce butties. Oh, Brown sauce on a crusty bread and just smit. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And then crisp butties, crisp butties. Oh, I tell you what, let's just stay in these days, eh? Crisp butties. 
And if you want to go back even further, yeah, drip it now, dripping, but it, oh, you dirty lot. We were the redeemed generation. Dripping butties. Did you ever have that? Dripping butties? No. Anyway, what we've had... (laughs) So, suffice to say that we've seen society change. And the cultural shift. We've seen a mega, mega shift. We're now a multicultural, cosmopolitan society. When, When I was... Well, in fact, when I first came here... There was, it, was all, it was a white church. It wasn't multicultural. And we've seen Britain shift. And with that means different styles, different flavours, different ways of doing life and parenting. I never saw my mum carry me with a towel around my back. Like you see some of the Africans when the prayer night meetings, they're giving an arm, babies on the back one. I'm thinking, how does the baby fall asleep with the baby? The baby's not complaining. So Emma... Man up. Get yourself a big tap. What do you call it, ladies? Who? Ishdengi. Sounds like that anyway, Phil. Hey, it's ain't dingy. It's a thingy. And they just wrap it round on the babies. It's like, get to sleep. I've got work to do. <laughs> yeah, we stick to the pram. Well, that's called productive. That's it. I like that style. That's good. And we see the cultural shift. We see a multicultural cosmopolitan society has brought changes in motherhood. Yeah? We've seen a political shift. We've seen atheism, Marxism, socialism, and how politics changes our society and the way it now affects the family. Brexit, exit, whatever you want to call it. That will affect, increase, infect, infect and affect families, depending which way it's allowed to blow. So we say this is a, a very important shift in defining motherhood. Then we have the sexual shift. This is what's creating families. And here, girls and boys... Do you realise Manchester has the highest teenage pregnancy rate in the whole of Europe? Manchester has the highest teenage pregnancy rate. Where? So where's Manchester? Where's here? Our backyard. So we've got something to do. So are we going to let the LGBTI or young young kids who are getting pregnant... They need help. They need help. And they need help with... Because what they're saying is, oh, it's okay, mum will raise it. Whoa. And if mum... Mum say, no, granny will do it because she's got all the wisdom. And now, grandparents are becoming mothers again. Why? Because the pressure this is putting on our society. And then a 15-year-old, 16-year-old then needs a house. Whoa. And now it affects the social structure. And if, which affects the financial structure, which affects the political structure. Because it's the politics that release the finance to improve the social structure. And, and then you've got the unemployment problem. When one half of the country don't work and think it's someone else's responsibility to supply what I don't have to go and work for. So all this is affecting the family. Then we have the spiritual shift. 
The New Age movement, evangelicalism, charismatic evangelicals. Now, if you get that right, that will then start bringing an emphasis on right living. This is the counterbalance. This is now what starts to bring the drifts and shifts of society back into alignment, back to God's word. If you don't have spiritual shifts, and I don't mean a new age shift, but what I do mean is a a spiritual shift, it's the only way and the only hope of addressing the lack, the need, the imbalance and the inaccuracy in society. Can you see this? So you need these shifts. Because one... This, to me, this is the one that defines a nation. Then you have the family shift. Let's put it back to the family. Because the way we're doing family today, not just motherhood, family. The way we're doing family today has vastly changed from when when I was a child. I was the recipient of a post-war generation. Their values were still on the ground. And then the social shift came in. And the political shift came in after the Second World War. And then people wanted peace and they wanted the norm. And politics was no longer Christian. It was full of atheists. And when politics got full of atheism and it started making alignments towards certain political stances, the nation began to shift from its values. Can you imagine Winston Churchill brought our nation to a day of prayer and fasting? You would never get that today. So here you have a radical shift in all these areas that we're talking about. And the church must keep shifting. It must keep shifting back into alignment. Yes? So fathers and sons, fathers and mothers having to work. We see an absence now of mums and dads in the home because now we live in a society where to pay the rent, both mum and dad have to go to work. When I was early, in primary school, mum didn't work. Now as I moved towards secondary school, mum started to go to work and I saw society change then. But now (coughs) mums and dads (coughs) excuse me, are having to go to work just to pay the, uh, the rent just to keep the head above water. So we see these are some of the shifts that's taking place. And, but the goal, we have to get back to the goal. The goal is motherhood today. Now, we could say, well, it's fatherhood as well, but I'm talking about motherhood. Amen. I'm not addressing fatherhood right now. I'm talking about motherhood because I want to bring some, some strength into it. So Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. She still is the mother of all living. Yes? Now, we know science is allowing us to go off grid and do things to the human body that it was never meant to do. It's producing so-called benefits, but I'm not quite sure these are benefits. We're moving the ethical and the moral line to get what we want. We can't play God and expect there there not to be any divine retribution. There are consequences for messing around and going over the moral ethical boundaries. Do you understand that? It's so true. So, she's the mother. So, her name literally means life or living. So, Eve literally means life or living. That's what she is. I'm just turning my pad over there. So, we're talking about the goal of motherhood. 
is to be the matriarchal protector. The first goal, not only she to be the, the, the life of all living, the next goal of motherhood is to be the matriarchal protector. So ladies, it's your job, because I'm talking just about ladies today. I don't have to keep counteracting it by saying fathers, just talking to mothers. And anyone who's going to be a mother, and anyone who's got a desire to be a mother, your job, young girls, is to be the matriarchal protector. You think, well, I'm only 13 years of age. That's right, that's today. I could die tonight and you never heard me talk about motherhood again. I'm not going to die tonight, by the way. So you will hear me again. But the issue is, that's the goal. To stand and protect. To stand and protect. Many mothers are not fulfilling this role. And this is why our society is going down into decline. Whichever culture we live in, whichever culture, that is still a goal. Doesn't matter what culture, if I speak Chinese, I speak Russian, I speak Asian, Indian, English, Bengali. I don't think any woman would disagree with that. Because every woman wants to protect her chicks. Protect her children. True? So your job, ladies, is that let's go to Luke chapter 1. And it says this. In the month, in the sixth month, God sent an angel to Gabriel. To a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married. To a man named Joseph. A a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, notice God didn't send an email. He turned up and spoke to her because words are important. Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. Thank God, ladies, that there's ladies on the earth who can find favour with God. You'll be with child and you'll give birth to a son. There was no scan, so God told her what she was going to have right there and then. The Lord will give him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary, asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the Holy One, uh, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So what we see in this scripture here, straight away, ladies, is if the goal of motherhood is to, to be a matriarchal protector, the first thing she must protect is her house. There's a house involved here. The second thing that we see, there's a throne to be protected. A throne is where we rule and reign. And if you're a matriarchal protector, your influence and your patterns is your throne. It's the place where you influence and impact your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children. Because you have got a seat You've got, it's called a seat of influence. It's a throne. Can you see this? And you must never give up your throne to LGBTI, to politics, to philosophy, to ideologies. Why? Because it's your throne. God gave you the throne to be the matriarchal protector of your family. Nobody else has got this throne. Nobody else should influence your kids like you. But there's many who want to. There's many trying to. But you as the mother, 
must become. Take your place as the matriarchal throne. Because you can connect with God. Wow, what a, what a place to be. So the next thing we see in this, there is children to be raised. Mary, you will be with child and you'll raise him. She had to do all the natural mothering. Even though he was born the son of God. He, he, didn't, he wasn't born the full man. He came as a baby. Unto us a, a child is given. So the child, she had to take care of the child and raise the boy. And then there was another phase there where the father himself raised his son spiritually. But she did everything she could to advance him in culture, in society, in righteousness. The next thing you are, ladies, is you are a divine seed carrier. You have a seed that God has given you. This is what no laboratory can change. You are a divine seed carrier. The womb is the tree of life. And that seed, when it's planted into the root of the tree, can produce many branches. It can produce fruit of many kinds. Amen? Are you glad about that? She protects this seed so that she can protect generational seed. The future is in her. The future starts in her. In the root. In the womb. And out of the womb comes life. And all the generations that will come. Yes, she's the tree. She is the big, she's the starter of legacy. She's the vehicle. What she carries, what you carry, ladies, you must ultimately take care of. And how do you do that? You water those seeds every day in prayer. You water those seeds every day by talking wisdom to your children. Oh, they'll fight against it. Of course they will. Your job is to talk. Keep being the voice of reason. Amen? And then Luke 1, 4, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt within her womb. There's another baby now on the scene feeding from another tree, feeding from another womb, and life is jumping at life. Yeah? Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you, young women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in the womb leapt for joy. It's amazing. When you carry life, somebody else's words bring joy and life and vibrancy to you. You get two women who are pregnant speaking to one another. Wow. Blessed is she who believes that that, that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. So ladies, if you can believe what God is saying to you about motherhood, you'll be blessed. And then Mary said in Luke 1, 46, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Wow. Can you imagine all the generations that come from mama's womb can turn back and say, Thank God for grandma. Thank God for mum. Wow. It's a beautiful place to be when your grandma or great grandma and all your children are calling you blessed beautiful thing 
The life she brings forth is just the beginning of her motherhood. And she must now take care and carry with diligence what she's created or what has been created in her womb. You know, I was thinking the other day, the frightening thing is I would take our youth now. Let's just take a 13-year-old in our youth today. Do you realize in the next five years, there is a high possibility, if I take them as being part of a generation, there is a high possibility they could be mothers. That is quite frightening to think these young lads and these young girls could be mothers in the next five years. A 13-year-old doesn't... We've already got the highest teenage pregnancy rate in Manchester. In the next five years, one of our girls could end up pregnant. Just let that silence just rest. This is the severity of raising a generation. One of ours. One of our young girls. What do we do when one of our young girls falls pregnant? Well, there's a lot of things we can do and there are definitely things we shouldn't do. We find the wisdom of God. We listen to them. Now we know, we know without a shadow of doubt, they are not ready. We know that. And we know for a shadow of a doubt that you're not ready to hear that news. Because we want things to develop and unfold in what we call a unfolding natural way. But society doesn't have that. Society has removed that now. Yeah? So now we just find out. And we don't always find out the right way. And what should be the joyous news of our life becomes as a heart attack. What are we going to do? What are they going to do? In the next five years. The next five years. And any time in that five years, that news could happen. So we as parents and you as mothers have got to rise up and become a matriarchal protector. Your ears must be to heaven. Your voice must be up in heaven. Your wisdom to your children keep saying the same things. Keep saying the same things. You don't have to find something new to say. Keep saying what you've always said because it's the truth. Amen. One of the things I learned about counselling many, many years ago is I don't have to find something new to tell you every time you come and talk to me. I can keep saying the same thing. Why? Because once I've got the truth, that's the truth. Yeah. If I've got the medicine, keep taking the medicine. True? And they don't like it. But it's what's good for them. You've got to listen to them. Talk with them, dialogue with them, find the wisdom of God. Young children are hard to raise, but they're not impossible. Do you know I know that? I've done it. Don't know, by God's grace, I got through it. Now, we do not advocate, we will not endorse, and we will not promote safe sex. 
we will not advocate, we will not endorse, and we will not promote safe sex. We advocate and promote abstinence, purity. Ah, that's old age. Yeah, but that old age didn't get us in trouble. That age didn't create abortions. That, that old age didn't create a messed up society. That messed up society had some order to it. It wasn't perfect. Do you know why it wasn't perfect? Because I was part of it. But guess what? We got through. They didn't stop people playing, trying before they buy. We know that because that's the nature of man. To dabble in things he shouldn't dabble in. But thank God we had some mothers on the ground who could hold us together. Ah, Tony, if you go in there, I'll kill you. Well, that was good. That was good wisdom. I'll kill you, Ah, Tony. If I don't, your father will. Well, how many times have I got to die? Who's going to get me first? We don't advocate abortions. We don't get rid of the problem. We try to prevent the problem. And we prevent the problem by wisdom and understanding and dialogue and patience. And, and it, it teaches us some things as well as teaches them. Because the truth is, many touched the, the chalice and they shouldn't have and got away with it. But our kids will go back and they'll go deeper. They'll visit the sins of the fathers. We teach purity. Oh, here's what we teach as well. We also teach responsibility, accountability, and transparency. With your accountability. You have to teach those things, because if you don't, we just provide a society that thinks it can do anything, and somebody else will take the responsibility. No, you're accountable for what you do, young people, and older people. And you may not be think you're transparent, but we smell a rat. You know why? Because we've been there ourselves. So the goal of motherhood is to be... When the machine works. How come it's not working now, guys? Come on, what's going on here? Hit the button. Are we there? Alright. The goal of motherhood, I'll give it to you, is to be a constant source of life. To be a constant source of life. How come it's not changing? No, no, I'll carry on anyway. The word source has a powerful meaning. Let me give it to you. It means a person or a thing from which something comes, arises, or is obtained. The origin, the beginning, a place of a stream and a river. So, ladies, you are meant to become a stream and a river. A source. We all know rivers are the source of life. Rivers are what are built, so cities are built around rivers. There you go. So if we go to Psalm 139, verse 13. For you were created in my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The womb is a river. 
The, the womb is the river. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. God starts everything from the womb. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. Now, the mother, if the mother can grab that in her heart, it's her job then to keep telling her sons and daughters what's been ordained for them. And if she can keep speaking what's been ordained for them, she becomes a constant and a consistent source of life. Amen? So the goal of mother is to remain that stream of life. Ladies, you must, when you're negative over your children, guess what you're doing? You're blocking the stream. Now, getting angry with your children is natural. I'm not talking about being angry. Because there's room for that in the relationship. What I'm talking about is being negative. When you're negative and always negative, you'll, you'll create your own dam. And you'll stop the stream flowing and the source of life flowing to your children. Everything that flows from you, your children touch. Everything that flows from you, your words can protect. So your words have to be very careful, have to be chosen, I should say. You are a dealer in hope. Not in drugs, not in dope, in hope. You are a dealer. In other words, you deal out hope. When, they've, when they come in and they've got no hope, tomorrow's going to be bad and she's going to laugh at me and no one's going to love me. Now, 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 now. It's not quite as bad as that. Oh, dear. she's gone tomorrow. You've got to give that child some hope so when they go back into school tomorrow, they feel fantastic. I love the advert for Specsavers and the kids at the swimming pool. Have you seen it? And the mother is putting a glove on the kid's head. And she's got, you know, and she can't see. Now that mother sent that kid to that swimming pool thinking that she had what every other duckling had. Yeah? And the kids, kids like, you know, <laughs> I'm the same as that. No, you're not. You've got a glove on your head, darling, but don't tell her. If you have to kid, send your kid to school with a glove on her head and she thinks, it's all right. Why? Because at least you, you dealt some hope to her. Amen. You're a dealer in trust and you're a dealer in forgiveness. Oh, mothers, they forgive. Dad was a little bit harder, but mum, she was always willing to forgive. Yeah? Oh, dads are gone. Forget dads. Mums are the one. You wanted money? Who'd you go to? Mum. Mum's a soft touch. Well, I'll see what your dad. I'll, I'll have a word with your dad. She was the great intermediate. She's like Jesus in the family. I'll talk to the father on your behalf. And if I have to take the sacrifice and there's a crucifixion, I'll take it, son. Get behind me for the sins of the family. I'll take it. That's mum. She'll stand there. Don't you hurt my own. Don't you eat my babies now. Don't you hurt my babies. That's mum. Why? Because she's the one who nourished you from the breast. From the breast, she fed. She let the river flow into you. The river flowed. She, nur she nourished and she nurtures you. And you are a fountain in her eyes. And no one's going to tell mom about your children. She knows her children. Don't you tell me about my kids. Don't you dare touch my kids. Why? Because I know my kids, they're mine. And that's matriarchal. 
That's the matriarchal nature coming out in mum. Amen? That's it. The goal of motherhood is to raise strong, independent, interdependent children, not codependent children. In other words, there's going to come a time. Children, let you know now, you will be leaving. <laughs> let me say that again in case you didn't realize. Listen, young people, there is a day when you will leave. And you say, you're damn right, I'm going you know, as soon as we can get out of here. The moment you get out of here, there'll come a time when you think, maybe did I make that? I didn't realize that this freedom came with responsibility, accountability, and transport. Yeah, pay your bills. Oh, yeah, but it'd be great. I'd be able to bring all my mates in. All your mates have got no money and eat your food you haven't got. And come and get warm in your radiators that are not switched on. Yeah, it's a great idea having your own place until you've got to pay for it. Now, you see, the housing market is going crazy because more young people in Britain, our families disconnect earlier and earlier and earlier. So the housing market is going crazy because more people need houses. It's not that the population's gone crazy. It's the fact that everybody wants their own crib. But not everybody can pay for their crib. So I'll see if I can get a council house. Good luck with that. Yeah, and then I pay for your house. <laughs> Socialism is great until you spend somebody else's money. And it runs out. So we, she, ra she raises strong, independent. In other words, you can stand on your own two feet. Right? And fathers, we have a big role in that. But she raises them. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So you can be independent. But you're also not that independent where you disconnect from the family. Now you're interdependent. In other words, you keep the relationship going. But you're not codependent. Because codependent, there's another word for it. It's called freeloading. It's called freeloading codependency. You buy, mum will always have it. You see, I say this time and time again. You have to install a software called the conscience into your children. Your children are the only people in the world that think that when they borrow money from mum and dad or they take from mum and dad's house, it's okay, it's called free. Because it's mum and dad's house. We've always done that. It's a psychological habit. Now there's a part of me that thinks that's affectionate. But when you're eating me chicken and you're eating me salad and you're drinking my beers and drinking my wine, whoa, go and get your own, you freeloader. A biscuit and a can of Coke is acceptable. The rest... It's true. Now, there's something affectionate about your children coming home and still thinking and feeling it's home. There is. I like that as a parent because I like them to think that they can still come home. But I would never go in their house and do that. Why? Because we're parents. Well, they haven't got anything. They haven't got anything. Oh, they have. They've hid it from us. Yeah, it's all stuff that's up from our house, yeah. <laughs> the food bank, yeah. But this is the nature of young. young. I mean, as they get older, they realise. I mean, Ben's now 28 and he's still taking everything I've got in the cupboards. <laughs> it must be a Ben thing. <laughs> so the goal of motherhood is to raise independent, not codependent children who, who value the relationship. They can stand on their own two feet. They know... They know what it means to stay connected in love. Stay connected in relationship and stay connected in responsibility. 
Hello? Stay connected with responsibility. Because family has responsibility. Though you've got your family, you still have a wider family. You came from a family. Not to do your family and stay on your own. Stay connected with a family. Why? Because the matriarch and the, and the patriarch still got things to give. And they also, they've got things to receive. We can learn so many things. I mean, I've learned so much from watching my son raise his two children. It's, it's beautiful to see. You know, he, he, he does far better than I ever did at that age. Ben is a better father than I was. Because Ben didn't have the same baggage I had. But Ben, I think ben, uh, my son is a great father. I do. I think he's a great father. I'm proud of him. So if you're listening, son, dad's proud of you. I've told you that to your face many times anyway. So you need to stay, stay connected, young people. It's Mother's Day today. Don't you dare leave this place without putting your arms around your mum and saying, Mum, I love you. Amen. Don't you dare take your mum for, for granted. You make sure you connect and communicate to your mother today and tell her, Mum, you are special. Amen. Who else will cut me tea for me like you do? <laughs> Who else will wash and clean up for me? Who else covers me like you do? Because you know if Dad knows, I'm dead. <laughs> How many times has she got your back and not told your dad? So you think. It's all right, it's all right, sweetheart. It's all right. I won't tell your dad. Did you know what she was doing last week? <laughs> but don't say no. Don't say no. Because she's confided in me. You ratted on me. You told dad, we are one. You cannot divide us. And we will not let you divide us. Because a house divided against itself will not stand. You'll understand that one day. Do you understand this? The next thing is, the goal of mother is to, is to, hang on, I've gone, oh, that's it, generational pillar, that's the one. The goal of mother is to become a generational pillar. You know, this house has got bricks, right? But that, see there, that's a pillar. You take that pillar away, that part of the building will come down. Pillars are what, what keep the house up, strong. You can lose bricks in a wall, and it will not weaken or change the structure depending on how many bricks you take out, obviously. But a pillar is, takes the strain and the stress. And parents in the house today, young people, is what gives your house its strength. You go, into your, you go to school and you will find out that many of the children in your daughter's and son's class do not have stable families. And they know that they're, you know... One of the most confusing days in a child's life in Britain is Father's Day. Because many of our young people in society do not know who their fathers were. Or do not get to see their fathers. So, but Mother's Day, Mum's there. She's there. And she, if you don't know who your father is, you've got to ask your mother. And if your mother doesn't know who your father is, you're in trouble. So she's there to become a generational pillar. And we see in 2 Timothy 1.5, I have reminded, I have reminded, sorry I have, sorry, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, in your grandmother. Watch this, grandmother. Starts there, then Lois, 
and in your mother. So Timothy's feeding from a three-tier structured pillar. He's feeding from a three-tiered structured pillar in his family. He's got his grandmother, he's got his, he's got, he's got great-grandmother, he's got his grandmother, he's got his mother. And now Paul's coming to him. Now Paul's coming to him and now he's going to give him apostolic fathering. So Timothy has got everything he needs for succession. So he's a very blessed lad. Now, mothers, you also, even though fathers may not be around, you also can become that strength to your child. So that your, child is, your child's legacy is not hindered by what is absent in the home. God can give you what you need for your children. Irrespective, if you're a single parent, it's okay. I know it's not ideal. You want the, the male side in there as well. But this is life. This is what you've got. This is what it is. So you have to look to God, your father, to supply you what's lacking in your house and what your children need. You can still be the generational pillar. You know I know? Because millions of mothers are doing it. Millions of mothers are doing it. Timothy, you don't see her of Timothy's father being on the scene. So the mother is meant to raise her children in legacy. If she does not raise the children wisely, she will raise them and become a to become a liability. When we don't raise our children wisely, we raise them to become a liability. So here we see the goal of a motherhood is to be considered as being a wise teacher. It's for her, I should say. I should, it's wrong, quite wrong, not quite right the way I've worded that. The goal of motherhood is for her to be considered a wise teacher. A wise teacher. Not just a woman who, who's got mouth. Not just a woman who's got words, but a wise teacher. Your children need wisdom. They need wisdom and truth. And the scripture says in uh, James... If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And he will give it to him. If anyone, you're anyone. You're not just anyone, you're someone. You're a daughter of the king, so you can ask the father for wisdom. But when he or she asks them, they must believe and not doubt. Because she who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The man or woman should not think that she will receive anything from the Lord. She'll become double-minded woman, unstable in all she does. I've changed the emphasis, as you can imagine. Do not doubt when you ask God. Trust God to give you the words that when you speak to your children, they'll hold your children. And then the words you speak, go in prayer. And then cover your children. Now, when your children get married, you could turn around and say, well, they're off my hands now. You know, your children's never off your hands. It is a lifelong responsibility. And that's what being a matriarch is all about. That's what a matriarchal pillar is all about. You bring life and strength to your wider family. You never stop being a seat of wisdom. I will never ever stop being concerned about my children. And, and when my children bring in wives or partners into, into the family male and female, that's mine. And I still take that responsibility because now his banner over me is love. So my banner over my family has got to be the same love. And my banner over my family has got to be wisdom. And I've got to learn wisdom. And I've got to learn to understand my family because my family has different needs. It's a different generation. Dad's getting older, but dad's also getting wiser. 
And it's a great opportunity. Parenting, for all its faults, is the greatest joy. It's a great joy to see your children do well. I celebrate my family because God has given me a good family. Amen? The goal, the goal of motherhood. Well, I'm going to just go back a minute. The goal of mother, let me just say this. I didn't put it down, but I'm going to mention it now. The goal of mother is to teach older women, to teach, yeah, sorry, teach younger women how to be reverent. So the older women should be a voice to the younger women. Now, let me just say something here as a, as a as something. Culturally, we all have different ways of raising people. True? Traditions, values, wisdom changes from culture to culture. Because we've all found different ways to get the job done. Yeah? The Bible isn't a culture. The Bible's truth. Now, if I've got to wait till my kid's wedding day to give them all my wisdom, what do you think the chances are of them downloading that? I'll tell you now, it's called 0%. Why? Because their minds are fixed on the wedding. They're not fixed on what you've got to say to them. What you should have done is spent all your previous, the moment you had your your children, you should have been preparing them for the day you're leaving. And so you prepare them for the day they're going to leave. You prepare them for the day they're going to step into a relationship. Whatever age that is. You prepare them for a commitment in a relationship. So you're always in a constant state of preparing them for the next thing, what's coming. You don't wait for the event before you prepare. It's the wrong time. You prepare them before so that they don't get into some messes. So you train the younger ones. Ladies, if you've got wisdom, and there's, there's the big challenge, if. You should be teaching some of the youngers, the little youngers. Not forcefully, not lording over them. Now listen, if you can't love people, you have no right to speak to them. If you don't pray for our younger ladies, you have no right to speak to them. If you never fellowship with them, you have no right to speak to them. Well, I've got something to say. No, you've got nothing to say because you've got no platform to say it. You've got to build a platform to speak to the youngins. So you've got to reach out. Yeah? You've got to reach out, build relationships, break down barriers. Why? Because, you just, because your wisdom just, just doesn't belong in your family. There's wisdom in the house. Yeah? So the goal of motherhood... Is to be, we're coming to the end. It's to be a natural spring and a fountain to her children and to her own environment. Let's stand to our feet because we haven't got time. I realise that the time's gone by. I'm sorry about that. Time's just gone by. Just look to be watch. <clears throat> Let's stand to our feet. Ladies, you are a fountain of life. You are a fountain of life. Ladies, you should be saying amen here. No, you should have been saying amen. Not didn't ask you to say it because I said it. You should have been saying amen. You missed the point. Because I'm merciful, I'll give you another go. <laughs> Ladies, you should be the fountain of life. Yeah. And all the men should have said, 
So I'm going to give the men an opportunity. Because listen, if my, here's the truth. Any man who's been married will know what I'm about to say now. If dad's upset, nobody cares. But if mum's not happy, the house is not in order. Right? So, don't go near your mum. Don't go near your mum. Don't go near your mum. She's not happy. She's not happy. So what happens is, comes Mother's Day, you get on the phone. You better get round here. She's not happy. She's not happy. So you've got to come round here. But when he's dad, I'll oh, just send him a text. Just send him a text. It's all right. No, he'll value a, he'll value a text. He'll value a text. No, but not mum. No, mum. You send mum a text. No, where's the flowers? Where's the whiskey? I'm in the chocolates. They're over there, by the way. So raise your hands, ladies. And fathers, if your wife is next to you, then you want to be praying, Lord, let this tree, let, this, let the roots of this tree, let the roots of this tree become blessed. Let fruit, let her become a continuous source of life to my family, to our family. Lord, if my wife is in good health, Lord, I praise you, Lord. I pray good health over my wife because my wife is carrying a responsibility, a grace by God, a God-given grace to be a patriarchal pillar, a matriarchal pillar, sorry, a matriarchal pillar for the needs of a generation. Let legacy rise up within her today, Lord. I rise and call you blessed, ladies. And let the, let the fruit of your womb speak for you. Let it speak beyond you. Let it speak in the subsequent generations who will represent you. Father, I pray for our children to represent us well. Oh, Father, let this be such an encouragement, oh God, that our children will represent us well. And Father, they will bring honour and glory to the mother and to you, oh God, for the work that she's done. So, Father, from this day, Lord, I bless our mothers and how and all of the people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.